better creates temporary communities. This is the essence of live performance. We walk into a space with strangers and agree to come together live, face to face with the performers. The drama on stage allows us to identify or disidentify with the other. Theater offers the chance for experiences that are completely foreign to us to sink in and take root. And with each live performance, the audience forms an ephemeral community for a few hours. Theater's potential to help us understand pers new perspectives is at the heart of my work on theater and on Cuba. I see theater as a tool for reconciliation. Since 1959, Cuban families have been split. Some Cubans went into exile, while others remained on the island. Many felt they had no choice with either decision. For more than 40 years, there was no regular postal service. There were no commercial airlines flying between the US and Cuba. Laws on either side prevented travel. In effect, the Cuban family was dismembered. It is no surprise then that the study of Cuban culture has also been fragmented. The work of artists and intellectuals who left Cuba was banned from Cuban history on the island. Exiled intellectual communities began to create their own histories, severing themselves from anything produced in Cuba. These multiple fractures present unique challenges for scholarship because to truly understand Cuba, scholarship should include the Cuba on the island and the Cuba on the diaspora. But crossing these borders can be very difficult. Materials are not readily accessible or are banned in Cuba. When the materials are available, they're often met with distrust from both sides. The wounds are still too deep. Many believe that politics should come first, and until the politics are resolved, they will not participate in projects that cross these boundaries. This schism is the context of my ongoing research and cultural work. I study how theater in particular and digital culture and creativity in general can help in the reconciliation of Cuba's exiled communities with their counterparts on the island. Peace and conflict studies research reminds us that reconciliation is a complex process involving recognizing pain and building trust. The first step requires us to look into the past in order to understand our present, to face and explore the fears and angers we have and those that others have too. Reconciliation involves agreeing to live in peace with differences even though the conflict may not be resolved. We have seen this work in Ireland, Kosovo, South Africa, and other places where political conflicts have led to enduring divides among peoples and cultures. States and governments can solve conflicts, but they cannot force reconciliation. Reconciliation happens at a human level. Individuals agree to come to terms with the past, decide to forgive, though not necessarily to forget, and move on. Palante, as we say in Spanish. Theater is a potent catalyst for reconciliation because it gives us an opportunity to face those who think completely different from us. It offers a human story, a story that can open our minds in a non-threatening way through the actors on stage, a story that we share with others in the audience. But most importantly, we recognize it as a story that is created, and as such, 
it can be changed. Here's an example. In 2001, Miami hosted the first international monologue performance festival. For the first time in over 40 years, Cubans from the island and the diaspora were, um, were able to experience theater together. The press called it the 10 days that changed the cultural landscape of Miami because in spite of past violent actions, this time the city welcomed the Cuban visitors with open arms. The University of Miami was a discreet protagonist offering us the main stage, guest apartments, and space for workshops. Teo Castellano's play, Northeast Second Avenue, performed the trials and tribulations of Haitians and Cubans from different generations as they remade their lives in Miami. Plays from Cuba, such as The Dwarf in the Bottle by Abilio Esteves, presented the pain of exile from the perspective of those who remained on the island. The festival staged encounters between individuals with different points of view and open spaces for, uh, for recognition. Martha Barber, then cultural critic for the Miami Herald, concluded an editorial with the following words. I realized how far we have come and how, right under the eyes of both governments, the invisible barrier that has separated our communities for four decades is crumbling. Leave it to the arts to be the hammer that deals that fatal blow to this political conundrum. Theater can foster reconciliation at a community level, but it happens one individual at a time. Melinda Lopez. She is a Boston-based Cuban-American playwright. Melinda traveled to Cuba for the first time in 2011 and visited her family's hometown. As she was walking through the streets, she met an elderly woman that recognized her as her mother's daughter and began to cry. The lady took Melinda into her home and began to show her photographs. One of the photographs is Melinda's baby picture that her mother had sent 50 years earlier. Melinda tells me, she kept stroking my face and saying, what happened to them? They never came back. They never came back. Theater allows us to go back. Each performance strokes our faces. A caress that touches our sensibilities and intimate wounds, pushing us to places that are deep within us. Theater creates a space of shared experience through which we can revisit the past and in so doing, open the possibility to move forward. Yet theater and performance are inherently ephemeral. It is very difficult for these events to enter into the cultural history of their communities. And this is even more problematic in the case of diasporic and transnational communities. To capture these ephemeral histories in the making, in 2004, I launched the Cuban Theater Digital Archive with the support of the University of Miami Libraries and the discreet collaboration of the Cuban National Council for the Performing Arts. The archive is the only place in the world that is collecting written texts and live performances by theater practitioners from Cuba and those by Cuban communities in the US and elsewhere. Scholars are increasingly enter the digital humanities as a field that uses digital technologies to enable us to cross disciplinary boundaries. My digital scholarship works to address the evanescence of theater and the fractured nature of Cuban culture. 
The archive contains more than 5,000 digital objects, including photographs of performances, theater programs, stage and costume designs, and over 100 uh, films productions. Technology is allowing me and my collaborators to create a virtual community that goes beyond physical and geographical borders and national categories. It has allowed younger residents of Cuba it has allowed younger residents of Cuba to see the Cuban-American and the exile experiences and at times perform those experiences. We make accessible the work of artists that share a common heritage and yet are unable to see the same performance. As we build a broader virtual audience, we bring together, preserve and locate the work of Cuban artists from around the world and place them in conversation with one another. This is a simple and complex act. As Cuban-Mexican playwright Salvador Lemis poetically describes us, the archive ensures that our things do not get lost in the shipwreck of our condition. The archive facilitates new research opportunities and new publications. Live theater takes scholars to the digital and the digital leads them to manuscript and print materials. Scholars bring objects that we digitize and add to collections, and in turn, scholars redeploy the archive in their research and publications. For example, Dr. Eric Meyer Garcia used the archive to study how the movement of artists between Havana, New York, and Miami furthered an avant-garde aesthetics. Yet, he also authored several archive entries and donated photographs documenting exchanges between Cuban theater and Chicano theater in the early 1980s. The archive also lives in platforms that are designed for multimodal writing and that allow scholars to embed digital materials in their publications. It offers scholars the opportunity to examine not just the written word, but also the live performance of a piece and the community it creates. This approach to interpretation can tell us much more about Cuban culture because it brings to the fore the embodied and effective dimensions of the written word. The archive frames the culture of a greater Cuba, a Cuba that can encompass those who live on the island and, and its multiple diasporas. A greater Cuba that recomposes Cuba's fractured atlas by bringing together artists and scholarship that have been separated academically and aesthetically. By bridging island and diaspora, real and virtual, print and digital, we are producing a greater scholarship, a scholarship that embraces the messiness and fractures of its object of study. In this way, the Cuban Theater Digital Archive is, draw is drawing a new map of Cuban culture that reinforces reconciliation. Thank you. Mm -hmm.